0: Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Gary Chevalier. Hey, good morning, you guys. Well, you couldn't see me back there, but I had my hand up too when Will was asking about who uses the Waze app because I love this app. I mean, not only does it send you the directions you know, that you want to go, like most map you know, apps do or whatever, but it takes into consideration real-time data. Like traffic and um, police objects in the road, (laughs) those sorts of things, and it gives you the best route based on what's going on around you. Now, listen. A couple years ago, I really loved the app when I first installed it because you could do different voices, right? Like at that point in time, there was Mr. T was available, so like Mr. T would be your your direction and be like, "Turn right, fool!" You know. I loved it, so I started using it just because of that, but then I learned that Waze was really smart, and I I won't forget the first time I learned that. Uh, I was taking my daughter uh, to a birthday party at a friend of ours uh, in Pearland, and so way out of the way, I had never really been to this particular uh, house before, and so it was down off of State Highway 35, you know, off in some back roads or whatever, so Waze got us there. I was like, yes, way to go, Waze. So we dropped her off in the middle of nowhere like good parents and decided we would go out to dinner in Pearland. So type in the restaurant address and we go. And you know, like typically, I didn't actually look at the route before I went. I just started driving. So we get on 35 and we start heading towards where I think Pearland should be. And then all of a sudden it says, exit and turn right. And I'm like, why am I exiting and turning right? And I turn on this little road, like Hightower Road or something, I don't know. uh, But it was like a one-lane dirt road. And I'm thinking, what am I doing driving down this road? And we start going, and after about five minutes, we are in the middle of nowhere. There's not a light to be seen anywhere. No houses, no streetlights, one lane, dirt road. There's a dust cloud all around us. I looked over at Andrea, and I'm like, This is the beginning of every horror movie I've ever seen. Like, we're going to be ax murdered. I know it. So we're driving on. I mean, at this point, there's nothing I can do. I'm committed. So we keep going about five more minutes. It was about 10 minutes down this dirt road. But finally, we come to civilization, you know, to one of the main roads. And I was like, praise God, we're there. So I pulled up, and I'm turning right to go to Pearland. And I look back to my left, and I see nothing but red and blue flashing lights. And there was a massive wreck down over this way. And then that's when it clicked. Like Waze sent me this crazy way because it didn't want me to get stopped in this traffic jam. I mean, I'd have missed dinner at that point. I'm sold, you know? Waze is my app, and I haven't questioned it ever since. If Waze says go this way, I go that way. If Waze says go this way, I do it because I trust it now. And now, our relationship with the Lord is so like the ways up. Like God knows all the stuff and He sends us on the path based on that. Like He knows if there's a traffic jam, He knows where the pothole is, He knows where the police are, He knows all of that stuff and He sends you on the best route. Now, it may not always be the shortest route, but the best route is the one God always sends you on. And when you think about it, doesn't that make sense for a Christ follower to follow Christ? I mean, it, it makes so much reasonable sense, but so often it doesn't actually come out that way in our everyday lives. I mean, we just did a whole series on parenting, right? Down-to-earth parenting, we learned all sorts of godly principles on how to be good parents, right? But how often in our parenting... Do we not think about what God says to do? We get caught up in an emotion, and we parent based off that emotion, and then we have to pick up the pieces later. That happens in so many areas of our lives, not just parenting. When it makes so much sense just to listen to the Lord. Because really, the picture the Bible paints of a Christ follower is not that way. That picture that we read about in Scripture is, is what the Scripture calls Living in the Spirit or living by the Spirit, it's where you are so attuned to listening to the Holy Spirit that you follow what the Holy Spirit says to do and you follow his instructions and guidance. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says this, I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instructions. He will tell you where to go and what to do. And then you won't always be doing the wrong things your evil nature wants you to do. And then a few verses later, in verse 25, if we are living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And finally, to Romans 8, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And that's what the Ways series today and for the next few weeks is gonna be about. It's about learning to live by the Spirit, in the Spirit, so that the Holy Spirit of Christ that lives in us guides us in all of our decisions, in the big decisions, life altering decisions, and even down in the small decisions that we make moment to moment, day by day. So, for this series, we're gonna look at the Israelites in their exodus from Egypt, when they left Egypt, and we're gonna learn from their experience. Because they had lots of big decisions to make. They had lots of little decisions to make. Sometimes they made the right one. Sometimes they made the wrong one. But all of the decisions they made can teach us what it is to follow Jesus, to follow the Lord's leading in every aspect of our life. So we're going to start with them in Exodus chapter 3. Now, if you want to follow along with the story in your Bible or your phone app, go ahead and do that now. If you prefer to use the message notes that we provide, all the scripture is always in the message notes. Whatever you're most comfortable with, we encourage you to do. But our story is going to start in Exodus 3, but let me catch you up to where we are. So the children of Israel have been slaves in Egypt for the last 400 years, okay? So God's people have been in Egypt, the largest, most powerful nation on the planet, and they've been slaves for 400 years, and the people have been crying out to the Lord for deliverance for 400 years, and God had been silent. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like you were crying out to God and he's silent? It happens to all of us. It happened to them. But like them, God always has a plan. And he always knows what he's going to do. And for the Israelites, after 400 years, God was ready. And so he chose his leader to anoint to come and deliver them from Egypt. And that leader's name was Moses. Moses was living in the land of Midian, which is like... 200 or 300 miles away from Egypt. It's far. And back in that day, it was half a world away. But God came to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. That's where we are. Verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush, Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Now there's a lot of principles that we can glean from our life just from those couple verses. And the first one is this. It's your first fill in of the day is number one, God speaks in the ordinary. God speaks in the ordinary. See, like, what was Moses doing when God spoke? He was tending sheep, he was a shepherd. That's what he did. He's out in the middle doing his thing, just tending the sheep. He wasn't praying, he wasn't in church, he wasn't. You know, at a spiritual retreat, he wasn't in the middle of a worship service with his hands raised, and he wasn't posting cheesy quotes on Facebook, you know, about, you know, God this or whatever. He wasn't doing any of that. He was just doing his normal thing, tending sheep. God chose to speak to him. And you know what? God speaks to you and me in our normal, everyday, regular stuff. We just have to be ready to listen. He speaks to us everywhere. I mean, can he speak at church? Yes. Can he speak while we're at a retreat? Yes. But he speaks to us every day. He'll speak at work. He'll speak at home. He'll speak in the car. He'll speak at school. He'll speak while you're watching TV. He'll speak in a movie. He'll speak while you're watching the Olympics. He'll even speak while you're watching curling course that may be speaking to you in a dream if you're watching curling because you've probably fallen asleep by that point but God speaks to us whenever he chooses all the time in our daily lives and so that leads us to the second point on your fill-in which is this number two is I have to be willing to listen God's going to speak but I have to be willing to listen See, Moses chose to listen when he heard his name come from the bush. God spoke. Moses said, here I am. Now, I'm going to guess that Moses kind of thought that God was up to something at that point, right? Because bushes, they don't generally catch on fire and not burn up. And bushes don't generally talk to you. And so I'm thinking that if Moses didn't believe it was God, that when the bush talked, he probably would have wet his pants, screamed like a girl, and ran away to hide, right? Right? That's what I'd have done. (laughs) But I think Moses kind of knew when he heard his voice. I think he knew that God was calling him. And Moses said, here I am. Because here's the thing. If you're not listening for the Lord when he calls you, you're not going to know that he's calling you. It's like having the Waze app open. And you're driving down the road doing your thing and Waze is like, turn right, fool. And you're like, nope, I'm going my own way. I'm doing my thing. And Waze is like, accident ahead. And you're like, no, it's all good. I got this. So you ignore the Waze app. And then everybody talks about how great Waze is. And you're like, I don't know. It doesn't do any good for me. Well, it's because you haven't listened to it. You haven't done what the app tells you to do when you're driving. And ignoring the Lord's voice is the same way. People that tell you, oh, God just doesn't work for me. I just want to ask them, are you really listening to Him? Because I don't think you are. You have to be willing to listen when God speaks. So God speaks in big things and God speaks in little things. And I want to encourage you, when something happens out of the ordinary, that's an opportunity that God may be speaking to you and you've got to be sensitive to that and willing to listen. So maybe you don't get the lead in the school play. Maybe you don't get on the team, you don't make varsity or whatever that you wanted. Maybe you are, get a traffic ticket for the very first time in like 20 years. Maybe you have a financial setback. Maybe you have a big financial gain. Maybe you get the feeling that you're talking to this person, but what they're saying doesn't really add up and you think that maybe there's something else going on in this person's life. When those moments happen, you need to ask yourself, is God speaking to me? Is God trying to tell me something that I need to learn or something that I need to do? Be willing and available to listen because all of those are possibilities that God may be speaking to you. Now, he might not be in those situations. It could just be something that's happening. But all of them are possibilities and available. So I know what you're thinking right now. Some of you are thinking, well, How do I know when it's God's voice and not just the burrito that I had for dinner last night? And that's a very valid question. Next week, actually, we're going to talk a little more about how to hear God's voice and how to know God's voice when you hear it. But I want to tell you, this is a great way to know God's voice. See, Moses had a burning bush because he didn't have a Bible. This is God's word this is God speaking to you. So God is more than likely not gonna speak to you in a burning bush as much as you want it. As far as I know, there's only been one in scripture ever in history. God's given you his word to speak. So if you wanna hear God's voice, it's right here in front of you. Read it, listen to it. God will give you wisdom and God will talk to you if you spend the time Reading his word. All right, so moving on with the story. So Moses hears God's voice, says, Here I am. God says, Go to Egypt and deliver my people. Moses says, Yes, sir, I'm gone. He goes, shows up in Egypt. Now remember, Egypt is the biggest, most powerful country on the planet in the known world at the time, right? So Moses goes in, walks right up to the Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, and says, Let my people go. Or so we're told that's how it went. It probably wasn't exactly like that. But he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, okay. Well, no, of course he doesn't, right? So there were around 1 million or so Israelites that were slaves for Egypt. And they were building things and doing stuff. So Pharaoh doesn't want to get rid of his slave labor. So at that point, the Lord begins to send plagues on Egypt. And the first nine are really nasty. I mean, he turns the water into blood. He sends frogs. I mean, right there, my wife would have been out. She'd have said, send them. They're gone. Frogs, I'm out. But not Pharaoh. He hung on. And he went through so many other plagues with locusts and boils and just all kinds of stuff. And he never would relent until finally the 10th plague. And this was the big gun's. God decreed that in the land that the firstborn of any living thing would die. Sheep, cattle, goats, people. And the only way that you could be free from this plague was to slaughter a lamb and sprinkle the blood of that lamb on the door frames of the house that you were in. This is what God says, Exodus, chapter 12, verse 7. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. Verse 13, the blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. So God tells his people, that if you will sacrifice a lamb to him, sprinkle the blood on the door frames of your house, then when the angel of death comes, he will pass over you. And that's where the Jews get the celebration, the feast of Passover, is they are celebrating the time when God showed his mercy and his love and his deliverance by passing over the people and allowing the firstborns to live. Now, remember... The Israelites, had they not followed God's instructions, their firstborn children could have died. Now, I want to tell you real quick, before we go any further, if you are within the sound of my voice and you have lost a child, I need you to hear me say, God is not punishing you. It is not because of your sin. All right, this plague happened in one time, in a specific instance, for a specific purpose, and applied to everyone, not just one person. So, if you've lost a child, don't believe that it's because of your sin. Right? Evil is in our world, and because of evil, bad things happen. And unfortunately, bad things are going to continue to happen until Jesus comes back. So, please don't hear this morning that if you've lost a child, it's because of you. That being said, there are consequences for not following God's leadership, for not doing what the Lord says. There is a price that has to be paid. Sometimes it is negative consequences. Sometimes it takes the form of missing out on a blessing. Sometimes God has something planned for you, but you don't follow him, and so you miss it. Sometimes it means not following him, and you end up getting the same place that you were going to go, but you take a long, hard difficult path when it could have been so much easier if you'd have just listened in the first place. But just like ignoring the ways out, if you ignore God's leading, there will be a consequence. There will be obstacles, there will be hardship. And that brings me finally to the, the last principle of of letting God lead, and that's this is that my obedience Always points to Jesus. It's your last fill in. My obedience to the Lord always points to Jesus. See, you may not know this, but when Jesus was eating the Last Supper with his disciples before he was taken and crucified, we call this the Last Supper. You've seen the painting, but that Last Supper, they were actually celebrating the Passover meal. They were celebrating the time that God provided deliverance for the children of Israel by the sacrifice of a lamb. And Jesus was about to be that sacrificial lamb. Look what scripture says, 1 Corinthians verse 5. It says, our Passover lamb is Christ who has already been sacrificed. Jesus became that Passover lamb. And by the sacrifice of his blood allows us to spiritually put that blood over the door frames of our heart. And then we are saved from eternal death, which is separation from God. And it gives us eternal life. It gives us connection with God. It gives us the ability to listen to him and him to speak to us and guide us and direct our lives. And if you are in this room this morning, you have not chosen to follow Christ. I want to encourage you, let today be the day that you choose to follow Christ. And we talk about listening to God in some of the small things and some of the big things. If there's something in you right now that's telling you, you know what, I really need to become a Christ follower. I really need to do this. Then I'm going to tell you, that's the voice of the Lord. That's God telling you to take a step and follow Jesus. And listen, at the bottom of your message notes, on the back, there is a sample prayer that you can pray that will lead you into a relationship with Christ. And there's nothing magical about those words, but they lead you to admit that you have sinned and that you need Jesus' forgiveness and then you commit to your rest of your life to follow him. And if you do that, and if you mean those words in your heart, then scripture tells us you will become a Christ follower today and you will have access to the Holy Spirit for God to lead you every step of the way now the other thing is this is is that when you let God lead and it's a big decision or an in the moment decision either when you let God lead and you choose to follow him that obedience points to Christ that obedience says Christ is the most important thing in my life let me give you an example So tithing is a big decision. Tithing, God says, take 10% of your income and return it to me. And then you live off of the 90%. And what that does is that teaches us and it helps us proclaim that our trust is not in money. Our trust is not in what we can do, what we can accomplish, and not in things and not in any of that. that. Our trust is in the Lord. And when you choose to return that 10% to God, you are choosing to proclaim your trust in him. And you are demonstrating for your children or your grandchildren that God is the most important thing in your life. Because the Bible tells us where your treasure is, your heart is also. So if you put your treasure in the Lord, you return that to him. And I'm here to tell you, as one who I have tithed my entire existence... That was a decision that I made before I met my wife. That was a decision that my wife and I made together. That is a decision that we have taught to our children. And God will make that 90% that you live on go farther than the 100% if you stay tight-fisted and keep it. I want to encourage you. If you are not tithing, that is a clear commandment from the Lord. And I want to encourage you today, start tithing and watch what God does as you are obedient and you let him lead you. Another thing is this, is reading scripture every day. That's a big decision for some of us because it means committing time and investing time in it. You don't just get God's word by holding it, you have to read it. And maybe that means sacrificing time watching TV. Maybe that means sacrificing time sleeping. Maybe that means your morning run gets cut 30 minutes short. Whatever that means for you, reading scripture is a big decision. And if you follow God's leadership and you listen to his voice, you'll hear him. You'll see him in your daily life more than you ever imagined. But only if you invest the time reading and listening to his voice. Those are some big moment decisions that you can let God lead? What about some small ones? What about some of the, the more day-to-day decisions where you can see God and where you can hear, hear His voice? There's a lady in our church who told us a story um, that one night she felt prompted to check her son's phone. And, you know, kind of going through her kid's phone was something that they did with some sense of regularity anyway. But that night she really felt that she needed to look at her son's phone. So she asked for his phone, got it, started searching through it, and noticed that he had recently started to view pornography at night. So at that moment, she was able to see that, stop, and intervene. She was able to have conversations with him. She was able to put parental controls on the vice, make sure he didn't have access in times that he could do that. she intervened in his life and honestly probably saved him from a lifetime of bondage to the addiction to pornography because she listened to the Lord in that moment. She could have very easily not. And who knows what would have happened. But because she did, her son was blessed because of it. Pastor Mike told me a story this week um, of how he was driving down the road one day and a, a guy's name just jumped into his head. It was a guy that he hadn't talked to in years But for some reason, it popped in his head, and he just couldn't shake it. So he thought, you know what? I'm just going to call this guy up. Maybe God wants to do something with this. So he called him on the phone. Obviously, the guy was surprised to hear from him. And so they just started talking, you know, doing the small talk stuff that guys do. How's it going? Good. How are you? Great. How about them bears? Awesome. And then after a few minutes, the man said, why did you call me today? And Mike just said, well, you know, I was driving down the road and the Lord put your name on my heart and I just really felt like I needed to call you. And the man said, I'm so glad you did. See, my wife walked out on me last night and I really don't know what to do. And because Mike made that call and listened to the voice of the Lord, He was able to talk with this guy and pray with him and start walking him through what are some next steps to do in a situation like that in the most difficult moment of his life. I mean, honestly, Mike was probably an answer to prayer that that guy had prayed because he didn't know what to do and God prompted Mike. So I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when you follow the Lord's promptings, you are going to see God do things in your life and use you and lead you and guide you in ways you never imagined. Yes, in the big things, but even in the small moments of your life. And when you listen to his voice, he's going to lead you. And it's not always going to be the easiest route. I'll go so far as to say it rarely is the easiest route. And it's not necessarily the shortest route, but I guarantee you, when you let God lead you, it will always be the best route. Bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for scripture that we can, that we can read and, and just see, Father, how you have interacted with people throughout history. God, and we can learn how you love us and how you want to interact with us and lead us and guide us. And God, I thank you that, Lord, you know everything about our lives, God, that you have told us in scripture, Lord, that's And you know all of our days before even one of them came to be. You had them mapped out. You had them planned out. So, Father, for everyone in this room, God, I pray that we will be open to hearing your voice in the days to come. That we will be open to listening to you, God, in the big decisions and in the small moments when you whisper someone's name to us. Or when you whisper to us to go a different direction to work or to check a phone or to... Give a hug to a co-worker. God, whenever you speak, I pray that we will listen and that we will follow you. Thank you, Father, for being who you. We love you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app, for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.